Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. And this is a real treat for me because I'm a sports guy at heart. And, and this guy that I'm interviewing is the head coach of the Stetson University Hatters, had a great career in college basketball. But not only that, he's like me, he's a native West Virginian. And it's it's always a treat to get to talk to somebody that when you when you say salt rock, they know exactly where you're talking about. And that is the head coach of the Stetson University Hatters, Donnie Jones, joins me on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Coach, how you doing today? I'm great, Brian. Thanks for having me. It's good to be with you. Man, it's good to have you. I've followed your career for a number of years, and you've got a great story, but I want to step back a minute. I saw something on Twitter yesterday. In the last 100 days, and you've been in, in the coaching profession a long time, in the last 100 days, we've lost Eddie Sutton, we've lost Lou Olson, we've lost Lou Henson, the great Illinois coach, and then as we record this yesterday, we lost the great John Thompson, the, the great Georgetown coach. Talk about the impact that those men have made on the coaching profession. Because as I mentioned, you've been in college coaching a long time and, and probably have interacted with each of those men over the years. And talk about the impact that those guys have made on, on young people and on the profession. Yeah, well, those are some amazing men. Uh, much, much more than just basketball coaches, Brian. Those guys are maker of men, uh, as I like to say. They've impacted a lot of, a lot of uh, student athletes as well as a lot of coaches. Um, that not only guys that played for him or coached under him or someone who's learned from him. I knew as a young coach growing up, uh, I was at Pikeville College uh, where, where I played in the summertime. We'd go work basketball camps. So the camp I worked every summer was at the University of Kentucky. Eddie Sutton was his coach. So I spent a lot of time at Kentucky working those camps all summer, got to know Eddie. And, and obviously uh, our team in 2000 uh, advanced to the Final Four and we beat the Oklahoma State team. He was coaching at the time to advance. So I've, I've known him on both fronts as a young kid, uh, looking up to be a coach someday, to being a coach, to play against him. And uh, it's been the same thing. I've had a chance, you know, being in, in basketball, been on a lot of these Nike trips and uh, with Lute Olson and all these basketball greats, John Thompson. Had a chance to know those guys uh, on the other side of coaching, but as men and just unbelievable people and the impact they've had on the game. It's just been uh, incredible. Uh, their legacy will live for a long time for the impact they've had. Yeah, and Patrick Ewing is is there now at Georgetown, and obviously it was him coming to Georgetown in, in 1981 that really put that program on the map where they were, you know, playing for national. You know, they had a run there, and you know this very well being at the University of Florida. Three out of four years there in the early 80s, they were in the national championship game and ended up winning one. And you know how tough it is to get there. And so, uh, man, you know, Coach Thompson, Coach, Coach Henson, Coach Olson, Coach Sutton, man, th those guys are are legends. They're they're irreplaceable. They really are. That's a lot of wins uh, from a lot of guys, and a lot of those guys were the ones that were the spark plugs to put their programs on the map, like we know them now. It all started with them, as you just mentioned, especially Georgetown, and uh, to take a program that never won. I think I seen where he was three and twenty five or six when he took over uh, at Georgetown. He was a high school coach. John Thompson was, and and obviously uh, went in there with the vision and. Uh, and, and brought in some guys and uh, not only the impact, it's been great to hear the stories of how he's just impacted people 
and these people that he's coached, these kids from all over the world, just not people from the United States, from all over the world, who are still impacting others. Yeah. Coach, your story is is phenomenal in itself. You you grew up in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, about 45 minutes from where I am here. And take me through your story. Did you always know that basketball was what you wanted to pursue as a life goal? Because in Point Pleasant, for those that may not be aware, Point Pleasant's a river town, uh, most notably for the Mothman, you know, not known for great basketball, but known for the Mothman. Did you know growing up that that's what you wanted to do was pursue basketball as a career? You know, it was. Uh, I was fortunate, Brian. You know, I, I was around some some people there. The names wouldn't ring a bell to you, but I had some great influences there in that community. Uh, you know, I always you know grew up in a small town. I always say I'm, I'm a product of a lot of people that love me all the way through it. Um, obviously, I had a guy named uh, Brett McCormick, uh, who was uh, older than me, was a friend of my uh, brother's uh, that played at Rio Grande College. And I remember as a young kid, that was my goal. He always took time for me and, and invested in me and helped me dream. And went to a lot of camps, uh, you know, big Marshall fan growing up. Went to a lot of the Marshall camps, the Z camp, uh, the Stu Aberdeen camp, and met a guy named Greg White, uh, which we all know Greg's name in West Virginia. And, and obviously, uh, that's who I ended up going and playing for in college. And he influenced me. And, and obviously helped me in my growth, it still does today. But I was fortunate I knew I wanted to be a basketball player and I wanted to be a coach. I was so impacted by coaching uh, that I thought I could make a difference there. And a lot of people don't realize this about our state, Donnie, is, is that basketball in, in West Virginia has been a lifelong thing. You know, everybody talks about the logo, Jerry West. He's from Cabin Creek, West Virginia, just down the road from where we are. Hot Rod Hunley. You know, the, the great names. You mentioned Greg White from Mullins, West Virginia, the same hometown that Mike D'Antoni, the head coach of the Houston Rockets, is from. Dan D'Antoni, now the coach of Marshall University. A lot of great basketball. Those guys over the years, as you've gotten around the game and things like that, what have those men meant to you coming from the state of West Virginia and their impact on the game of basketball? Yes. Uh, well, these guys you mentioned there, and add Jim Herrick to that list. I forgot uh, about Coach Charleston. Herrick from Charleston. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So another great man. And, and all you know, our fraternity is, there's not a lot of us, uh, but the ones who have been in our group have been very successful. And they've always been great mentors to guys like myself uh, to encourage and, and obviously uh, gain knowledge from Brian. And I think uh, these guys, uh, you know, we see a lot. Uh, we uh, see them on the road a lot, used to, and, uh, and obviously still stay in touch. I still talk to Danny and Mike and all those people uh, to this day a good bit. So uh, it's been great, uh, you know, growing up in, in a small state like West Virginia. There's a brotherhood that's unique there where there's great humility, uh, which is how we're all raised in that state, and there's great uh, togetherness. And, uh, and I think that's vital uh, for all of us to be able to uh, stick together. And hopefully we can pass it on to the next generation here that's, that's growing up, that, that it can happen no matter where you're from. You can, you can be successful and reach your dreams. When you were an assistant under Coach Donovan, Coach Billy Donovan at Marshall, the, the two years he was there, you guys had a young man from, from Bell, West Virginia named Jason Williams. And a lot of basketball fans will remember that name and, and what a talented guy. And oh, by the way, played high school basketball with a kid named Randy Moss. I don't know if any of you guys that are football fans have heard of that guy, but, but yeah, we got Seaman Huntington play a little, little ball for Marshall University. How how was it being around a talented guy like Jason Williams? Was it 
you, you had to think it, it could because we we those of us that were in the stands would see the things that he would do during games and things like that. We would be in awe. But what was it like being around a talent like that in practice every day? Well, it was really special. I probably learned more from Jason Williams than I was able to teach him. That's for sure. He was a uh, unique talent, uh, incredible work ethic, uh, great competitor. Uh, he had a uh, sixth sense, obviously, to pass the ball and the speed that he could he could really go up and down the floor. But guys love to play with him. Uh, very uh, uh, contagious personality uh, where he was fun to be around. Uh, but he had a great passion and drive to want to be the best. And, you know, Jason, uh, very close to to this day. He lives here in Orlando, about 40 minutes from me now. He comes over here a lot uh, here to Stetson. So I see him a good bit. We talk uh, at least once a week or every other week. So he's doing incredibly well, but but to see his success coming from a little small town and ran and obviously playing at, at the highest level and the respect level he's got, you know, I have a lot of friends in the NBA and to this day, he's one of the most respected players to play in the NBA. Uh, guys looked at him at a, with a different uh, respect with uh, how he competed and what he represented. What I remember about Jason Coach, an incredible leaping ability. I mean, the guy could just absolutely, he was six feet, six one, six feet, six one, and phenomenal leaper. And I remember, and this has been 25 years ago, being at a Midnight Madness. Back then, it was, that was when you guys started. The official first practice was a Midnight Madness. And it might have been Billy's first or second year there at Marshall. And we were there. I remember Jason Williams sitting a tall guy. I can't remember who it was, but he sat this dude in a chair and dunked over him. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget that. I'm thinking to myself, my goodness, how is a kid that that small jumping like that? And yep. just a, amazing athletic ability. I, I want to go back just a quick minute to your, your playing career at Pikeville. You mentioned you played for Coach White there at Pikeville, Coach Greg White. Did you know then that that was the path that you would, would take to get into the coaching ranks or – or did you just want to go to, to play college basketball and, and fulfill that dream that you had? Yeah, well, you know, my goal growing up in Point Pleasant, you know, I say this a lot, you know, I, you only know what you know. Uh, so I grew up and, you know, my goal was to uh, have an opportunity to play college at some level. Uh, I didn't really care what level. I just wanted an opportunity to go and learn and, and become the best I could and be a part of a team. So I got that opportunity through a relationship with Greg White. He just got the job at Pifle College. I went there. I played for him. And, and uh, as that career went on, I had a great career there. I finished up. I graduated. I was like, hey, what's next? You know, I want to coach, but I'll probably be a high school coach. So I thought uh, I was trying to get a high school job. And then Greg White kept me on staff as an assistant coach. So I was the admissions counselor during the day and the assistant coach in the afternoon at Pikeville College. And, and so from there, you know, I got an opportunity to go to uh, Marshall as a graduate assistant. So I went to Marshall as a graduate assistant. And, so when I finished up there, I was kind of like, hey, what's next, you know? And then I got kept at Marshall to move up into a full-time spot with a guy named Dwight Freeman at the time. So I was with him for two yep. years there. And then they made a coaching change. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen with me now. I'm going to probably have to go to high school and be a high school coach. Then Billy Donovan got the job. So I was fortunate to Billy Donovan kept me. I got to work with him for six weeks, and then he hired me. So my life just kept – levels kept growing – and I kept learning to think bigger and learn more and, and be around such high level of greatness that it taught me how to become more. Each level required a different, better me. 
and uh, and I learned and got better from it. And uh, so obviously went on to Florida, and and from there uh, I started dreaming about then being a Division One head coach after seeing what that looked like. So, you know, each level for me has been an incredible journey. Uh, Brian, it's obviously God's played a big part of my life into to helping me uh, become who I am today. And obviously it's been through his strength more than my own, yeah. uh, but it's a, uh, it's been an incredible gift to be around and bless so many great people uh, that I've been able to learn from. And so with that, you know, I, I knew this is, was my purpose. This was my place. This is where I felt I could impact. Uh, this is uh, a platform for me. And uh, I've been able to have some incredible relationships and uh, obviously basketball has been the, product for it but uh obviously the rewards have been all the people i've been associated with well and i want to go here for just a minute coach because again did you ever dream that that six weeks of being around billy donovan would change your life and when i mention the name billy donovan people will will see obviously wildly successful as a head coach at university of florida two national championships there and then moves on had an opportunity to go to the NBA with the Orlando Magic, decided not to take that opportunity, but instead took a later opportunity with the Oklahoma City Thunder, and he's just done very well there, the NBA Coach of the Year this year. But when I mention the name Billy Donovan to you, what's the first things that come to mind when, when you hear those, those names being thrown about? Yeah, well, the first thing about Billy is he's really got great humility. Uh, when you say humility with Billy, but you all say a, a great competitor, uh, I think Billy's a selfless guy. Uh, he's he's a great, intense worker, but but never to the detriment of people. He values people. Uh, he's always trying to help people. Uh, he's one of those guys that never felt you work for, you worked with. Uh, so he's just got an incredible sense of uh, vision. Uh, he, he knows what he wants to do. He knows how he's going to do it. And he brings everybody along with him. He, he doesn't think he's got all the answers. He's, he's very humble in his approach and learning. So his leadership style is much different. Is that, That's why his coaches have been successful on Dream is because Billy lets you coach. He lets you grow as a man. And, uh, and obviously the brotherhood and relationship with him is, uh, is incredible uh, to be around. Does it surprise you? Because, again, before he and Brad Stevens – went to the NBA. Obviously, the, the college coaches, there have been some coaches that weren't successful. You know, I remember Lon Kruger going from, um, I forget where Lon was at, but he went to the Atlanta Hawks. It didn't work out real well. Now he's he's right. done great things at the University of Oklahoma being back in the college game. And and there have been other guys that, that made that leap. Coach Patino did that before with the Knicks and then went to the University of Kentucky, went back to the Celtics. Just wasn't quite the same. But Coach Donovan and, and Coach Stevens have had tremendous success going from the college game to the NBA level. What makes guys like Billy Donovan and Brad Stevens able to make that jump where other guys have not? Yeah, well, I'd say probably the biggest thing just from afar. Uh, obviously, I know Billy's situation much better than the other guys you mentioned. Cal Perry went to the New Jersey uh, Nets at the time, and uh, obviously he's at Kentucky now. But I think, uh, one, walking into a job that's, that's ready to win. Brad Stevens took over a historic program like the Boston Celtics. That's probably one of the two best jobs in the NBA. And taking uh, Billy, it from Butler, Coach, I mean, you, you, you know, it, it's not like Butler was this massive program that had all the trappings that Kentucky does or, or these other basketball powerhouses that you can name Kansas and some of the other ones. He was at Butler. They play in a field house, I think, you know, thing was built in 1927. 
and he goes Correct. to the Boston. I didn't mean to to jump in there, but he goes to the Boston Celtics, one of the most storied franchises in professional sports, from Butler University. It did, he shouldn't have that level of success. That's why I wanted to to ask you about Coach Stevens because it's it's mind boggling. I mean, Butler in Florida, if you compare the two facilities and things like that, it's night sure. and day. But but Coach Stevens has had tremendous success there. Yeah, yeah, and nothing to take away from Coach Stevens. Phenomenal yeah. coach. A lot like Billy, very similar in personality. Same type guys, uh, great people, uh, players. They're players, coaches. I think both of them have a lot of qualities that are very similar. They're both builders. Uh, people forget when we went to Florida, they've been to four NCAA tournaments in 79 years. So, uh, obviously, Billy went into a school like Florida that may look big on the outside because of football, but for basketball, they were the bottom of the league every year. So he changed a lot like Brad Stevens did with uh, Butler. I think he took it from a small school and obviously made it a national contender. So both of them have been builders. I think they know how to relate to kids and how to relate to people. Uh, they're both very humble and uh, they're both uh, avid learners. So they can put people around them to learn, not thinking they have all the answers. And they just get great relatability. Uh, I think both of them can relate to people. Uh, they're going to grow. They're going to get better on the job. And they build trust. Uh, you can't have successful and you can't get buy-in or believe in uh, if you can't build trust. And both those guys can build trust. That's that's why they're being successful, along with their great basketball minds. Coach, you had an opportunity. You, you, you mentioned your your stop, your, your time. Again, 45 minutes from home. You're, you're an assistant coach with, with Coach Donovan at Marshall. And then he gets a phone call from the University of Florida and and now you've got a decision to make. Hey, do I go? Do I stay? Your wife's from this area. Uh, full disclosure: our wives went to school together, and we're right. yeah, we graduated high school together. Yep. And, and so you you you've got a decision to make. You can stay home, or you can follow Coach Donovan at the University of Florida. Obviously, you chose that. How hard was that decision to make for you and your family? to go with Coach Donovan and, and pick up and go to Gainesville, Florida? Well, well, at the time I wasn't married, so I was engaged. And um, so obviously I was looking for an opportunity and was happy to be with Coach Donovan there. And obviously best of both worlds, I could do it right there at Marshall with my family right up the road. But, uh, but I do understand uh, or did understand at the time for opportunity to be able to come somewhere, you got to be able to do that. Uh, not always in your backyard. So for me to be able to to go away, to maybe come back home someday, which obviously ended up happening for me, uh, I had to go away. So I was chasing my dream, and obviously the, the time came uh, for me to do that. But it was hard, but uh, I knew eventually it was probably harder for my wife never being out of West Virginia at all uh, to do that. But um, obviously it's been a great blessing and opportunity for us uh, that we chose that. And And, you know, Coach, it takes faith. And, and, and your faith is very evident there. And, and we try to do, you know, we're not, I'm not ashamed of my faith with this podcast. And then we're trying to, to build encouragement and things like that. As a coach, you have to encourage guys when they get down, they make a bad pass, they, they take a bad shot. You know, they're not playing real well. Bas basketball is very much a rhythm game. You've got to get into the flow of the game a lot of times. And guys need that. So you have to encourage and motivate and things like that. You get to the University of Florida and, and, and you guys are, are, are successful. Was there ever a thought about, hey, man, I could stay here the rest of my life if Coach Donovan stays here. I could be happy. Or was that a part of a bigger purpose that you had to go, 
at some point I'm going to have to leave this security that I know well to take a head coaching opportunity. Well, you know what? It's easy to look back and think a lot of things, but Brian, I think, you know, looking back at it, you know, when I was in the moment, I was just, I was living the dream every day. I was learning. I was with a, a great coach, great people. I was, it wasn't like going to work every day. We worked really hard. I enjoyed what I was doing. Um, you know, I've always put faith in, in God and my choices, you know, and I just knew that uh, wherever I was going to be taken to go to, I was going to go there and, and give it my best and, and just see wherever it took me. And uh, obviously, if that was in West Virginia, where it all started, thank God I'm from West Virginia. I'm proud to be from there. Love the people. It's made me who I am today. And uh, to have the opportunity to go and, and, and see the world and, and have a chance to, to be a part of something bigger than I ever dreamed I could be a part of and experience that, it's helped me and gave me a platform to be able to help other people. So I knew I probably had to, uh, you don't always have to go away. If you can do it at home, it's great. But uh, that's where uh, my calling was. That's where it took me. And uh, I'm just thankful I made the best of uh, my time. Yeah, you won't see any blue and gold here. I'm, I'm proud. To, I'm happy to be a West Virginian, transplanted West Virginian. You'll not see any blue and gold here. I, you know, we, <laughs> we, we bleed green and white in this house. But speaking of which, and I, I want to ask you real quick, you get the opportunity to come back and coach at Marshall University. And, mm -hmm. and obviously, uh, that's where I – and I followed your career there, and then you came back. There was a ton of excitement when you came back. I, take me through that opportunity, you know, when, when you get that call from, from the administration going, hey, are you interested? I mean, did you have to, to pick up the phone and go, man, man, this is happening to me. I get to come back home. And, and you really did. You, you, you don't get – and I'll say this publicly to you, you don't get credit for what you did with mm -hmm. that program like you should get credit for what you did. And I, and I know you're not that way. I'm just sure. saying that to you as a as somebody that followed the program, you deserve a lot of credit for where that program has gotten to after you left it. Um, but what was that like getting the opportunity to come back and coach at Marshall? Well, it was a dream come true. Uh, I love Marshall, still love Marshall uh, more than ever. I got my master's from Marshall. My sister went to Marshall. We grew up Marshall fans. Um, I'm a Dan D'Antoni fan. I've known Dan even when I was an assistant coach there and a head coach. Uh, Greg White, obviously, I went to camps at Marshall. So nothing's changed for me. Obviously, it was a job there that uh, I was offered a lot of jobs uh, during my time as an assistant coach at Marshall uh, that I looked at and listened to but never took. Uh, for a reason. Um, I always had my eye on the Marshall job if I felt the opportunity was right. It all lined up. We won the national championship. The job opened up. Marshall had seven straight losing seasons before that. So uh, I felt in my heart I could go in there and knowing what I already knew. I'd been at Marshall at the time for six years uh, as an assistant in some capacity. Knew the people there, loved the people there, and still those friends of mine are some of my best friends in Huntington to this day. And so went in there, and obviously we rejuvenated it and had the first winning season my first year. Had to go through a total rebuild year two. We were a couple games under. Third year, we won 24 games, and we got the CBI. Had Hassan Whiteside, who was obviously doing very well in the NBA, first NBA player in a while. And uh, our team was, you know, 11 freshmen, sophomore. It was equipped to have a lot of victories. And uh, obviously, they hired a new coach who had back-to-back -back 21 seasons. We made it better. That's that's what I like to do when we go somewhere. Make it better than when you yeah. got it. Tough, tough, tough uh, decision to leave. Um, but there was a lot of things behind the scenes there. Yep. Obviously, better left unsaid. Uh, yep. Why I left, 
uh, doesn't matter anymore. Nobody believes it, so it's okay. But I yeah. did a great move for my family at the time. And uh, obviously went to UCF and did the same thing. Rebuilt that. We had 320 plus one seasons there. And obviously uh, had some great uh, moments uh, in Orlando as well. Hey, I got to ask you real quick, and I'll pivot in the in the few minutes that we've got left. You had an opportunity at Central Florida to coach two kids named Jeffrey Jordan and Marcus Jordan. And, oh, by the way, their dad is Michael Jordan. I don't know if you, mm -hmm. you know, you don't know who that guy is. He's probably the greatest. He, he is the greatest basketball player of all time. And, obviously, the last dance series that ESPN did featured those young men that you got to coach. What was that like? And I don't know how much interaction you had with MJ, but but what was that like in those few times that you got to interact with him, being around? Uh, you're a lifelong basketball fan, and here is the greatest player to ever lace him up standing in front of you. What was that like? You know, it was really cool, uh, I have to admit. You know, I, I've been blessed being in sports. I've been a lot of places. I've been around a lot of greatness and some of the greatest in the world. And also, we won two national championships. And, you know, we went to the president's. White House. We've been we've been to so many cool places where I met people I looked up to and thought, wow, wouldn't it be cool to be around those people? And then, you know, I've said, take the job at UCF. And uh, Michael Jordan calls me up, and you know, I'm talking to Michael, kind of surreal, still Michael Jordan. But then when he shows up, you know, and he's standing in your office and he's sitting in the chair, and I'm behind the desk and he's sitting in the other chair there, and and we're having a two-hour conversation about being a dad. You know, it wasn't about, you know, his great moments. It's a different role. And I'm sitting here like out of the body experience thinking I'm talking to Michael Jordan about his son and I'm coaching him. It's almost like I'm dreaming. And, but it's pretty, pretty humbling because he's a great dad, loves his kids just like you would your kids. Wanted the best for him, didn't want anything given to him. Same mentality. Uh, but he had a, a different loving side. Obviously, the, it per it showed on the last dance as a player, probably. But as a dad, obviously, he just wanted his kids to enjoy playing. Felt that they had a lot of pressure, obviously, following his name. But just really wanted them to be a kid and do the right things, enjoy their time, and get a degree and be a part of college. And, and whatever they chose to do next, so it's like any of us as a father, uh, he just wanted the best for them uh, in their life. And so, um, but, you know, I got to be around Michael there two or three years there. I've talked a lot. He came to practice a lot. Uh, the good news, he never screamed at me at practice like he did those guys on TV, Brian. So that was the only thing that was good, right? But uh, <laughs> He never he said, was, hey, hey, give me a, give me a you know, yeah. Yeah, you're not coaching hard enough, all right? You got to go yeah. better. No, it was pretty cool. But, you know, seeing him sitting over there, uh, uh, I know I'd have been a lot better coach if I could put him in the game a couple times, you know. It would have been a lot better, but – he was a unique yeah, even guy. Yeah, even at 45 or 50 years old, he would he, he could probably still get you 20. Yeah, he'd still be pretty good. Yeah. I think we'd be okay. Yeah. But a yeah. uh, great experience for me. Obviously, great family, great people. I love those kids. Great kids. You know, grew up, obviously, in a difficult situation following greatness in sports. But as kids, they're, you know, they're all successful there. They're doing great. Both of those boys are. And they graduated from UCF. Marcus is doing really well. So uh, what a uh, unique experience that was to be a part of that. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. And, again, I, I can't imagine the pressure those kids felt trying to live up to their dad's legacy because, you know, they just wanted to be the best players that they could be instead of being correct. Michael's kids. I, I've got a couple quick questions to ask you. I, I really appreciate your time. Take me through the greatest obstacle that you overcame in your life or in your career 
And what was the lesson that you learned from it, Coach? Mm, good question. Oh, wow. It's been a lot of obstacles, you know, I think going along. Uh, uh, you know, I think probably the uh, probably the greatest obstacle, one of them is probably obviously when I got let go at UCF there, here just recently, uh, obviously going through something you put a lot of energy in and thought you really had it going in the right direction. And, uh, you know, I had several AD changes and somebody come in that really didn't know me or know my circumstances and just changed this out with a program that was ready to win. And um, so that was probably the biggest obstacle, trying to figure out what was next, uh, where I was going to coach. Uh, but then, uh, obviously, um, persistently, we were fortunate to jump onto the Clippers. You know? So I had a year with the L.A. Clippers, and I was a, a scout, and you know, I had an incredible experience from that. But probably during that time, that was probably one of the most toughest times. And we had to bounce around to get back into college basketball right now and we, we went to Wichita State for a year and I was at Dayton for a year and here I am here you know four years four moves. I didn't want to mention that you um, were on the bench for for the Wichita State Marshall game when Marshall pulled the upset. Absolutely. Yeah you, Absolutely. Were, you, you were with coach Greg Marshall and and again people in Huntington are proud of coach Marshall you know coming yes. from being on Greg White's staff there in in Mar at Marshall but Obviously, we were thrilled to death to get a, a tournament win that it was, you know, making the tournament after 30-some years. It, it was Coach Huckabee, uh, who was my head, right. my coach at South Point my senior year. Uh, and I knew and loved wow. Coach Huck so well. And, and um, you know, it was 32 years that Marshall had not made an NCAA tournament. And then, lo and behold, you guys draw them in the first round. You're at Wichita State. You guys draw yeah. them in the first round. Like, come on, it's man. Amazing. You know? Yeah, it's amazing how God lines it up, isn't it? So well, uh, I was it, happy it, for Dan. Well, and it's, it's amazing the fact that John Elmore was shooting the ball from from Los Angeles that Terrific night player. in San Diego. Yeah, you guys were in San Diego, and and Elmore's about thirty five or forty feet from the basket, just launching three pointers Absolutely. in front of your bench. So I mean, it's uh, yeah, yes. it, and so yeah, but but again, it's you're right. It's amazing how God lines things up, and now you're at Stetson and. And you're going to do great things there, man. And there's a lot of people up here that are going to follow that. I got to ask you one last question. What's sure. your biggest piece of intentional encouragement to folks? Obviously, the pandemic has changed a lot of things. You've been in situations where there's been movement and, and transition and things like that. You just mentioned that after leaving Central Florida. What's your biggest piece of intentional encouragement to folks out there, Coach, that are struggling through some of those things themselves? Yeah, well, you know, hope's an amazing thing. And I think, uh, you know, we're all built on faith and hope. And, and we're all thinking, just like I felt when I was going through some obstacles, what's next? You know, you keep asking that question, what's next? And I think uh, in life, we're always wondering what's next. And I think you got to, you know, every morning you got to wake up with, uh, you know, with faith and give yourself a pep talk and get yourself focused right now. And, and not only help get yourself going, it starts with you, but you got to be able to grow the people around. There's a lot of people out there hurting right now in this world. There's never been more of an important time to be a leader for somebody that can impact people. We need it. Uh, it's great what you're doing here. I love the intentional encourager. Intentional is a huge word for me. I just take an action. Can't sit around and just hope your prayers are going to happen. You got to be intentful uh, in your approach. And I just, you know, encourage people right now. I mean, this is going to pass in time. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, mountains to be climbed over the years and, and the ones who can get up every day and, 
win the day is, is the mindset we talk about every day here. Uh, we just want to win the day. What's our wins? That's what we talk about. Not our losses. We talk about what our wins are. And there's wins every day, little wins that matter. We're not talking basketball wins. We're talking life wins. So what are you doing to win and how are you helping others win? That's as important as anything. And that would be my encouragement today is, you know, win the day and, and help the others around you win as well. Man, what a great way to to end this conversation. I am so grateful for your time, Coach Coach Donnie Jones of the, the Stetson Hatters men's basketball program. Uh, connect with him on LinkedIn, Coach Donnie Jones. And again, um, find the – what's the best way for, for folks to connect with the program as well too, Coach? Yeah, well, you can go uh, hatters.com. You know, we're rebuilding our program here, Brian. You know, last year we had the, the largest turnaround in college basketball plus nine wins uh, last year. And, um, you know, we're going to have a good, nice young team again. We're rebuilding here again, 11 freshmen, sophomore again. But we're Hatters.com, Stetson University. We're right outside of uh, Daytona Beach here in Florida. Great spot, great university. And, um, you know, I think uh, we're, we're doing some special things with some great young men here. And uh, we'd love to have everybody follow us. That'd be great. Well, it ain't almost heaven, but it's pretty nice where you're at there. So, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. But, Hey, Coach Donnie Jones, thank you so much for your time today and joining us on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Uh, Brian, the pleasure's mine. It's great to be with you. Say hello to all the people back there in Huntington and the area there. So many great friends, man. Love, love my time there. Great respect. Appreciate it. Well, they have a ton of respect for you, Coach. And, and again, we're, we're following Stetson basketball this year. So appreciate your time today. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Brian. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. And until next time, remember, everyone, everywhere, at any time, and any place can be an intentional.